regular, regular features. A regular, regular, regular features. A regular, regular, regular features. A regular features show. Hello and welcome to the Regular Features Podcast, a podcast that is exactly the same every single week. And as every single week, I have had dental surgery on my teeth, no less. How does this affect your speech, Steve? I have a slight speech impediment because I'm wearing braces. That is the voice of Log. Hi, I'm Log, and I'm going to be asking Steve about his mouth. And I've also got a feature about my pub and the award I got. We're also joined by none other than Joe. Hello, how the devil are you? What's your feature this week, Joe? Um, well, I can't really tell you, but that's a sort of surprise bailiff-like intrusion into the podcast coming down the line. You've got a manila envelope with a wax seal. It says, getcha! <laughs> and I've been wondering about uh, what to do about beef eaters. Beef eaters have been made redundant because the queen apparently cannot fund the lavish ruffs can't, can't and afford, ornate scepters. Can't afford the sheer anymore. amount of beef they require. Can't even imagine a beef eater naked. What shape are they under all that? There's so much. Are they muscly? I'm just going to Google, are beef eaters muscly? What does it say? London mother transformed... No, that's not even about beef eaters, for fuck's sake. It's about a mother. Mothers can't be beef eaters. (laughs) (laughs) They can be, and they have been, Log. In 2007, the first female beef eater was... Uh, beef appointed to the Tower of London. Log wasn't being literal there. He was. It was like beggars can't be choosers. Mothers can't be beefy. Regular features. Regular features. What is a feature coming next? Let us see. And now it's time for Steve's regular feature. Steve's. You are a recently sacked beef eater at the Tower of London. Can you avoid the raven holding your P45 in its beak long enough to steal a single crown jewel to secure your retirement? <laughs> As you all know, <laughs> I love beef eaters and the Tower of London and even the crown jewels, what it exists there to protect. Mm-hmm. But did you hear the news <laughs> lately that the beef eaters are all getting sacked? I did, because you sent me this very story. Yes, they're laying them Why off. am I not in the Beef Eater News WhatsApp group? <laughs> I think we were already talking and Steve was so taken with the story that he had to send it just instead of replying anymore. It's voluntary <laughs> redundancies for the Beef Eaters, I'm afraid, uh, which must be a kick in the beef when your job <laughs> is to do nothing other than protect the most priceless jewels known to queens to mm. say that to say that you could be redundant just means that the jewels aren't worth protecting anymore <laughs> well also it feels like a extremely non uh transferable skill like that's a very specific set of jewels that you're looking after and i bet there's some protocols um, that don't transfer to other jewel safety hmm. networks yeah just try, try using those skills on the pink panther the mm. gem, not the animal. <laughs> I reckon you could go to the Louvre and protect the Mona Lisa. But then you, imagine if you turned up to your interview for the Louvre and you were wearing all your red coat and your big hat and a spear. 
And they're like, mm. the fuck, we're French. We're meant to look cool. Not like this. <laughs> yeah. Some just, mad noddy guy. They just pop an onion on the end of that spear. <laughs> pop an onion. Um, so I thought I'd, I'd put together a quick um, choose your own adventure mm-hmm. to see if you could secure your retirement as a beef eater by pilfering just a little crown, just a tiny crown jewel. That's all you, that's all you, you just need a tiny crown jewel, that's all you need. Star of India, you're a bust, baby, I'm going big. <laughs> Here we go. You are a beef eater, and you've just read on the BBC News app that you've been sacked from your job as the royal protector of the crown jewels. The Queen has asked a raven to deliver your P45, but according to British employment law of the crown, you are not officially sacked until the raven delivers your formal redundancy notice with a fatal kiss from its beak. (laughs) You have only one option. You must steal a single crown jewel from the Tower of London in order to secure a comfortable retirement, or else suffer the indignity of showing up to your local job centre in an Edwardian rough. (laughs) You are standing in the main room of the Tower of London, where the very biggest crown jewel is kept. It is a pure emerald the size of a washing machine, which you have dutifully guarded for your entire career. Only now does it occur to you that you yourself might thieve it from betwixt the grasp of the greedy queen. (laughs) She's got it between her knees to stop her getting pregnant. (laughs) Betwixt the figurative grasp. As the deviant thought forms in your brain, you spot a bird landing on the sill of the highest window of the room where the emerald is kept. It is one of the ravens out of Tower of London, and in its raven beak is a notice of your termination of employment. Do you... A. Panic and grab the emerald by wrapping both arms around it and slowly dragging it out of the Tower of London over the course of 45 vulnerable minutes. (laughs) Or B, pretend you didn't see the raven and casually enter the room where the more readily stealable crown jewels are kept. I know Log really wanted to get the biggest jewel possible, but I'm really about manageable jewel theft, personally. I don't mind a quiet stroll into the, the B room. but Log, I like I the pragmatism. Log, what do you think? Well, I, I've i had my heart set on it, but I kind of picked up the coded messages of just the use of the word vulnerable there. It was really leading me to believe that <laughs> a slow 45-minute drag might give that raven the chance to plant one on me. I'm going to succumb... <laughs> To Joe's compromise, <laughs> boring. <Yeah. choice. laughs> well, you're right, Log. I think because I think the Ravens would surely peck you to death. Oh, are they enforcers are they, as well as just say, they, message are, deliverers? Are they another security company? Have they just like accidentally doubled up and they're having to cut costs and go spearmen? Raven force has the um. I kind of just clarified just the story at the moment. Has the Crow, the raven, I'm afraid. Oh, my God, don't let the raven hear me say that. Has the raven gone, ah, in recognition, identifying Mm. us as its quarry? Uh, No, the raven has a P45 in its beak, so it's incapable of making any sort of vocalisation. 
which is why there's plausible deniability that you not you are not yet aware that you have been sacked. So oh. you can you've got free reign of the tower until you've been served, like it like in films when uh, people get divorced and they get yeah. handed their papers in a bar. <laughs> okay, so you're gonna go to the next room. I think yes. I have to. You avert your gaze away from the bird and slip into the next room. This is your favorite room of all of the rooms in the Tower of London. There, on a series of ornate wooden pedestals, stand a row of bowling ball-shaped, bowling ball-sized sapphires. I didn't... I, knowing that I've just had braces fitted, you think I could have chosen <laughs> phrases other than... <laughs> Bowling ball sized sapphires. <laughs> but here we are. I wrote this without saying it out loud. Each one glistening like what if the darkest ocean was a football. <laughs> just one of these brazen gems would secure a lavish retirement, not just for you and your husband, but a comprehensive private education for all seven of your adopted gay children. <laughs> All you have to do is swipe your privileged Beefeater or FID card to turn off all of the CCTV in the Tower of London and then tip a single sapphire into your Tower of London tote bag. <laughs> Just then, you hear the treacherous flutter of corvid wings. There in the doorway is the raven again. In his beak, a P-45 from the Queen and in his horrible crow eyes is the determination to see you sacked to bollocks and back. <laughs> Do you, A, topple a single sapphire into your tote bag and scramble across the moat? Or B, act like you don't want to steal any jewels and continue along your usual patrol route, as though you are not being stalked by the Queen's private P-45 raven servant? You've just solved <laughs> my first question, which was... Are we allowed to just be wandering around? Like, did the guards just take a very ad hoc approach to guardery? But it turns out this is a, a, a set patrol. We've thought about this. Yeah, they're all, um, most beef eaters are on like free roam mode. They all mm -hmm. sort of like Roombas. They no sort clip. of bounce around the Tower of London. <laughs> <laughs> Could we enter kind of some medium alert phase where we go, mm, what's that? And then move back into a bigger gem room. Pretending for we're about, investigating for about a sound. ninety seconds, yeah. Then, <laughs> then you have to end that ninety seconds by saying, "Hmm, mm. guess it was nothing." Those, and then those go back guys. into the room. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it was just a noise. Guess it was just a noise. <laughs> uh, it sounds like you want to go into the room. The yeah. next thing that I said. Yeah, yeah, I guess we better. You whistle a casual tune and move on to the next room of the Tower of London where the crown jewels are so microscopically tiny, they're like sand. All you'd have to do here is pilfer an individual grain of a jewel to secure a modest retirement for you and your bisexual husband. That's this all you more ever more need. Inclusive. <laughs> I love this guy. Yeah. I thought, I'm just going to state it. He's, he was bisexual the entire time, but sometimes it just needs, it needs outlining. Well, people assume you're either gay or straight, and that contributes to yeah. bisexual erasure, and it needs to be exactly. said, Steve, you're correct. That's all you ever needed. That's all you feel you deserve. Some sense of stability. Some sense of stability <laughs> in a really? troubled world. <laughs> a feeling that your undivided service to the crown... 
those decades spent guarding gems synonymous with the unearned fortune <laughs> of the monarchy would at the most see you live comfortably to the grave, but at the very least see you not sacked by a bird messenger on the precipice of the greatest <laughs> economic depression in human history. You hear a rap tap 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 tapping on an ancient window, and there is the raven in its beak, your P45. The crow looks impatient now. It knows you've seen it, and it has a job to do, just like you. And log, I will, I will say, I'm using crow and raven interchangeably here. That's fine. Um, I, I'm, I'm glad that it's happening to you too, because I'm... Yes. Thank do you? <laughs> a. Take the P45 from the raven and accept the fate the monarchy has deigned to grant you. Or B. Grab a fistful of crown jewels and make a break for it. That one. Exciting I, one. Definitely. I'm going to do that, but I'm going to incorporate it into it. I'm going to take off my busby and do an exaggerated salute to the bird, mm. sweeping up some jewels while I do so into my hat. It's like it, oceans. Yeah, yeah. Oceans. Nice. Yeah. England. And I'm going to fold myself up into a centimeter cube and roll down the stairs. Uh, you look the bird dead in the bird eyes and mouth the words, <laughs> fuck you, motherfucker, as you scoop up a handful of priceless crown jewels. The raven, who is genetically predisposed to despise all gem theft, immediately becomes enraged, crashing through the window. You tear off your beefies a rough and frisbee it at the little fucker, smashing its stupid beak off and rendering it royally unconscious. So long, you shout as you abseil down the tower walls and out across the moat and on into Whitechapel CEX, where you sell the priceless jewels <laughs> for about 30% of their full market value. I know the exact CEX. <laughs> <laughs> And they do, and they do buy it thirty percent. Thirty percent of priceless is about two hundred and seventy thousand pounds CEX credit, which, along with your husband's large retirement income, made up mostly of dividends from Coca Cola, funds <laughs> a long and happy decline until your eventual death. The end. It's beautiful. You win. <laughs> now say sissy spacex suffering succotash <laughs> no <laughs> if you don't love no, we're not carrying regular features into a single syllable so as I was about to write a feature today I got big red letter in the post and it just said he's on the way um and I didn't really know what that meant. So I <laughs> sort of just kept kept doing my business and just got on with it. But Doing a business? Yeah. Doing a shit? Yeah, that's where I write. <laughs> that's where you write and that's where you get your letters. <laughs> Dirty noise room. Um, but unfortunately, I was soon to find out, I haven't actually brought this up with either of you two, but, um, you know, we were talking about subpoenas earlier. Sort of a version of a subpoena man who's come in my house, and that's um, he demanded he had to go on the podcast, so I have to get off actually. Um, but he'll be he'll be on in a second. I'm I'm sorry, in okay. Advance. So, so, 
Steve, are we going to talk to a subpoena man? Yes, thank you, Joe. Oh, hello. Who's this? You go sit on your box now. Oh, he's noisy. Anyway, sorry. uh, My name's uh, Gluck B. Ledge, Risk Solutions Supremo. Uh, I'm a real person, so you can ask anything about me. I'll have an answer. Go on. (laughs) What's a Risk Supremo? Um, I sort of look after the interests of big corporations um, when there are risks put to their products, as you are about to find out, because it's come to my attention that one of you went ahead with a little procedure this week. Uh, Which one of you, Steve? That's me. Steve, is it? Yeah. Oh, God. Open your mouth. What's your business with me? Open your mouth and see what's going on. Ah, all right, now tell the readers ah. and me what you've done to your mouth. I've got all, uh, I've got a brace. No, I'm not done looking in there. Keep your mouth open while you tell me. Ah, no, tell ah. me. Whatever he's done, what? I hadn't done it. I've got braces. I okay, got braces, braces yeah. I've got braces. On your yeah. teeth or on the tongue as well? Stick out your tongue. Eh. Okay, I can't eh. see any braces. Just on down my teeth. There's this thing as braces on the tongue. Now say sorry with your tongue out. Sorry. <laughs> apology, <laughs> apology not accepted. Now, who the fuck are you? Remind me, Steve. Remind me, Steve. What is it you're recording right now? Podcast. Keep your tongue out. I'm not done. <laughs> I'm recording a podcast. Right, a podcast. I'm um, sorry, his tongue wasn't podcast. all the way out there. His tongue wasn't all the way out, sir. He's, he's uh, not doing it right. <laughs> you're right, Log. Keep that tongue right out. What do you do on that podcast? Speak. You, spe- you speak. Do you? Would you say you're? Would you say you're a host? You're a podcast host. Yeah. I, yeah. I hope. I and what's hope, the, uh, shut up? What's the most? Shut up. What's the most important tool in a podcast host's metaphorical toolbox, Steve? Uh, is it my mouth? It's your mouth. But actually, I want you to say with your tongue out. My mouth is the most important tool in my metaphorical toolbox. <laughs> my mouth is the most important tool in my metaphorical toolbox. You're absolutely right, Steve. You're absolutely right. A podcast host's mouth is the most important tool in the metaphorical toolbox. And you went and had invasive work done on that mouth this week without having it properly cleared, didn't you? Yeah. Piss take. <laughs> I mean, imagine the ramifications. Right, imagine if you went to get those braces and a capricious toothman just took off your mouth. He took it right off, put it in his tooth bin. <laughs> Close the lid. You wake up from all the laughing gas, mouth all gone. He claims ignorance. You try and hail a taxi to get to a police station, but you can't shout, taxi, because it's just skin down there now. So you get stuck <laughs> on the hard shoulder of the North Circular. Toothman's driven his little Winnebago operating theatre away. You just die there. I'm trying to help you, Steve. <laughs> Don't think this is one of those don't ask for permission, beg for forgiveness situations either, because I'm looking at the data right here, and it's telling me that you have more chance of losing your mouth after a brace fitting than during. Weather got hot today, didn't it? Hot weather. God forbid your braces somehow got bigger because it was a hot day (laughs) and pushed their way out of your head or your mouth fell out behind them. (laughs) Happens every day. It happens every single day. (laughs) It's not just about you, as selfish as you are. What would regular features do? How could you look Lock in, look Lock in the eye? Look him in the eye and imagine you're saying, I'm sorry that my braces made all my mouth fall out and I didn't even check with corporate. 
You couldn't. Because <laughs> you'd have your mouth out your head. Blank space under your nose. The blot. I don't know how I get this through your skull, mate. Let's check some balances for a reason. Now old fucking Gluck here has to come in, clean up your mess. You know? You might forget this kind of thing. There's consequences to your actions. I'm not just talking about really nice incisors all lined up in your like soldiers and your aching red gums. This podcast parent company, GlaxoSmith <laughs> Unilever Quick Fit Wimpy PLC, asked me to swing by your little P-cast over here, media types, give your risk tree a quick shake, see what falls out, see if we can't turn it into a macrobiotic solution smoothie. Whatever the fuck you get on with. Biggest risk I can see in here, in here, is uh, those braces going A-wire, jumping up, top of your head, looking like a little crown on your dead bonds. <laughs> so let's work out what we can do there, shall we? <clears throat> okay, I've got a few ideas. Option one, corporate synergy, right? I know two things. I know those braces are a ticking time bomb for your little Irish sounding mouth, and I know that the massed ranks of the GlaxoSmith Unilever QuickFit Wimpy PLC portfolio are ready to find a fiscally responsible solution. I think I've got just the one. Two words, except they're written as one word. Autoglass. You know, the windscreen repair company that's historically ended every one of its adverts with this. Autoglass repair, autoglass replace. I think, right, with autoglass, they could do a really nice job on that worrying little gob. You know, they make that sort of clear juice that they shoot into your car when it gets a chip and the chip, like, eats the juice and becomes a window again. Let's parachute some of that in your mouth. A pronto. My theory, and the theory of the scientists at Autoglass... <laughs> is that the juice what? will get behind the braces and in front of the teeth, harden and create a sort of glass moat that separates the two sides and yet makes them stronger than ever. We keep the braces safely tied to the teeth and you show off a fine auto glass. <laughs> product every time you flash that winning new smile. Everyone's the winner. <laughs> uh, but, you know, perhaps you don't want window juice in your head. So there's option two, bin the braces, right? I know you just got them, Steve, but you didn't actually ask if you could have them. What we could do, no must, no fuss, bring in the own company toothman, have him set up his rig in your house, fire up the old tooth screw drill, get to work. <sighs> no, actually, fuck that. I like the autoglass I like the idea of it. I like the look of it. I like the sound of the jingle. Auto glass replace. Auto glass repair. I like how it makes regular features more part of the GlaxoSmith <laughs> Unilever Quick Fit Wimpy PLC family. You know, it's been a long time since we took you under our wing. Let you spout out little features every week thinking you're a say fucking hell. Let you spout out little features every week thinking you're above having to say that you like boots meal deals. Or that you drive dump trucks with treads made by the fine Caterpillar Corporation. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, you have to just remember that your truck is alive and needs your help. Well, now it's time for a return on our investment. You're getting fucking window juice put in your mouth, Steve, and you're going to say thank you for it. And look, 
If you're worried, uh, I actually had some scientists do a spectrographic analysis of what you'd sound like with autoglass juice in your head. Uh, so <laughs> here's what you sounded like before. Hello and well, yeah, perfect. Great. Good job, Steve. You did it. <laughs> and um, if we do do the window <laughs> juice, you'll sound more like this. Hello and well, yeah, perfect. Great. Good job. Autoglass. You did it. <laughs> That is music to my ears, son. That's the company working as it should, working together, synergizing. So let's get one of those window juice pipes, cram it in between your pearlies, unker down for a pumper down, getting that window juice all hard and nice in your mouth. Gaps, jobs are good and have a monkey grinders, organ, jelly chip shop, be all right. Am I bare for has your father a bit of all right? Am I right, son? Anyway, go in now because I'm a classist impression. Good night. <laughs> I liked him. Wow, yeah. I liked um, the the fact that if I woke up one morning and there was an autoglass advert and they said, autoglass replace, autoglass repair, that would be my only clue that I was in the wrong universe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, he made me set a box, but he's gone now. He sort of just jumped out the window and left behind an autoglass card. So... Well, fair play. Yeah. I thought I could get away with just not mentioning the fact that I got braces nah. on this podcast, corporate but knows. clearly, it's um, yeah, corporates picked up on it and they sent this guy in to uh, fill me up with that magic liquid they put into windscreen cracks. <laughs> yeah, thank you for explaining the feature after it's done. But, you know. <laughs> I just want to see you with two solid beams of teeth, upper and lower teeth sets. They're just. No gaps. Imagine your chomping power. What, like, you, a, you, like a baleen whale. Yes. Well, that's more of a straining <laughs> that thing. That sounds like it? you were doing the sound a baleen whale makes. <laughs> oh, yes. You say baleen whale, and it just reminds me of my best friend, a baleen whale, who always says... <laughs> <laughs> Only when they're filtered krill. Otherwise, they make a different sound. Go oh, on. yes, if there's no krill. <laughs> it's, it's just sad, like a downward down penny pipe. whistle. If you control the krill content of the the water in front of a baleen whale, you can actually play them like pianos. <laughs> you can make them sing Tosca. Can... Ooh, squirty, squirty. You squirty, birty. Ooh, squirty, squirty. You dirty, birty. Well, I don't know about you, and I don't know if you knew, but I... Just got an award for me pub. Did you? You did not know that. I did not know that. Well, I thought I thought you were dogmatic followers of the King Billy Facebook page. No, I got an award bought to me last night by a Nottinghamshire camera, and they sat on a table without announcing what they were doing, and they just sat there on one of the busiest nights of our reopening. I was stressed, sweating like a piece of dandelion soup. Um, I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, constantly sort of running around because we're doing table service now, so I'm running upstairs constantly, and they were just, like, hovering, going, hello, can we just... I was like, you're going to have to wait! <laughs> hey, mm. Maybe until after the 7 o'clock, after the people arrive for their 7 o'clock appointments, then maybe I can spare you a couple of minutes of my time, but you can't just walk in and expect me not to be there like this. And then they said, we've got a, a presentation for you, and I went, I'll be right there. <laughs> Sorry, they've got a presentation for you. Yeah, they've got a little A4 piece of paper in a frame that says, 
Oh, they were presenting you at the award. Yeah, sorry, I didn't make that. Yes, I did. I oh, said that I thought too they were quickly. there to judge, like um, like a Michelin judge, and they were there during lockdown to 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 see what the service and ale was like. No, they'd come with my certificate, which had been <sighs> preordained me a winner. Were you just imagining the man from Ratatouille, but he takes one sip of beer and he's transported to the first time he was 15 and pissed in a field or something? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched Ratatouille. Spoiled it. All I know is that it's a <laughs> all I know is it's funny to say shut, shut up and make me a meal rat chef. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't remember that bit. Yeah, but it's um as you yeah. I this is the first award I've won from camera for the King Villiers. I mean it's it's been years since I've won an award. I mean the one thing I miss most about video games and writing about them was that I won so many Perspex cuboids from the Games Media Awards that I could legitimately build a see-through igloo and have illegally <laughs> visible sex with an Inuit in it if I intuited they were into it. Then they stopped giving me GMAs. <laughs> One year, the, 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 do it. Don't hide more jokes. <laughs> it's just the, oh. Yeah, and then after that, at a certain point, after they probably realised I was saturated with GMAs, they just stopped giving me them to me. So I thought, well, fuck that. I'll be bollocks if I'm staying in a job where I'm not constantly showered with big awards and given free booze by a corporation until the barman stops serving me because I've gone diagonal. <laughs> so, so long, video games, I said. I'm going to run an independent local pub in Nottingham and win dozens of awards every week for wiping down tables and ringing last orders. I did say that this is the first award I'd won from the pub, but it is not actually. Uh, a few years ago, I got an award for the best pub sign in Britain, but I didn't paint that. That was like me being Pope Sixtus IV, who commissioned the Sistine Chapel, and everyone always says Michelangelo did it. Well, I bought him the ladder, so who's the real fucking hero? Pope Sixtus. <laughs> <laughs> but I hear you both shouting, what is the award that you won for? What's I hear you award? both bellowing... I hear you both say it now. What's the award you done win? Join, join in, Steve. What is the award for? What is it? Thank you. It's for services provided to drinkers during the COVID-19 lockdown. It's a special 2020 award. <laughs> services provided to drinkers. Sounds like you're yeah. counselling them. <laughs> <laughs> Far from that, I'm digging them a hole into which they can drink themselves. Mm. Is, this, um, is yeah, that a real it, thing or a joke? It <laughs> kind of sounds like a joke, doesn't it? It sounds like they're saying thank you for your service. It sounds like I'm stealing some serious nurse I've, valor here. I've gone on to his Facebook page, it is a real... Well, I mean, unless he's printed it and this is a long game. <laughs> There is, an, there is an actual bit of paper in a frame on the web. I, I knew they'd go to my Facebook page, so I put a fake photo up there with an elephant and a thermos flask. You've got 200 <laughs> likes on Facebook for it. There's two laughs on there as well. I'm like, this is not a laughing matter. Two ha-has. What are you ha-haring at? Basically, this award is a recognition of me fighting at the front line of your filthy doorsteps, wearing one latex glove to push away your drooling faces as I roll two litre bottles of pop that were full of pop, now full of beer, just rolling those into your house like a hot Donkey Kong. <laughs> I was quite humble about my role and my service during the COVID lockdown until I got this award, but it's gone right to my head. Only this afternoon I was in Tesco buying a big bag of bugles just a big bag of bugles, and I showed them to my. I showed the cashier my certificate. See that? 
Where's your certificate for services provided to men who eat big bags of bugles in their car before going home for dinner? <laughs> oh, that's right, you don't have one. Then I hid in a hedge in a lay-by and waited for a couple to drive in and start dogging. They started dogging sure as, <laughs> sure, sure as clockwork. <laughs> Sorry, uh, improvising <laughs> sure as clockwork there. It's not right, but... <laughs> Um, <laughs> I, um, I politely tapped on the window and said, Hmm, that's all very nice, I'm sure. But has a regional division of a national campaigning group recognised you for sucking off this man? <laughs> then he wound down the window and said, Pardon? And I had to repeat myself, which kind of robbed it of that spontaneous impact. Then the woman's head popped up and she said, I'm sorry, sucking dick's really noisy when the dick's in your head. Can you repeat that again, please? I put my hands on our hips. My hips, not our hips. I put my hands on my hips and I puffed out my cheeks. Luckily, the man with the dick had heard, so he repeated it to her and she just looked confused. He'd absolutely butchered the delivery. So I repeated it again. That's all very nice, I'm sure, but has a regional division of a national campaigning group recognised you for sucking off this man? She looked even more confused, and I realised that the heavier emphasis on you made it sound like that I had won an award for sucking his cock. Not only that, but there were regional and national rounds for sucking his cock. I realise now that I just seem like a jealous, if award-winning, former dick sucker. Long story short, I explained myself, handed them both a can of premix G&T, still providing services to drinkers, and now we're a power thruple who are looking into a higher purchase agreement on a five-door sedan. So what I'm saying is, what my point is, I've got the hunger back for those juicy awards. And here are some of the prizes I've got my eyes as on. One, the award for saying fuck off in the most aggressive way possible while still plausibly being able to pretend it was kind of a joke as an apology for saying fuck off really loudly. I think I'm good at this in the pub. It is what I do best in the later hours when my back starts hurting. I suppose you'll have to ask all the people I've told to fuck off and I've not seen since their opinions. <laughs> Two, the award for pressing the till buttons in time to the music to prevent musical discomfort for the punter. And not one person has noticed me tapping all the buttons on the till in time to the music. I think it's a kind of infinite kindness and more than makes up for all the times I've screamed fuck off at people whilst pulling at my hair <laughs> and crying real tears. <laughs> Number three, the award for the weakest and most underappreciated homage to the sitcom Arrested Development ever, wherein for six years I have replied, Anyang, when someone says, cheese and onion. Not one person has noticed me doing this, or should I say, not one person has noticed it and then gone home and made me a fucking award for it. God, I want another award now. I've had a taste for it and I need more. Number four, I want the award for ending a feature without addressing the crashing nature of the end as a substitute for a punchline. Maybe next year, lads, eh? Oh, yeah, it's the Mr. Show stroke Monty Python method of ending a sketch. Well, you can just shout jingle as well, then. Oh, I love that one. That's one of my well, that's it for this week's episode of the Regular Features Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Regular Features Podcast. It's been a hoot. It's been a great old time. If you like what you've heard, you can go to patreon.com forward slash regular features 
and that's where you'll find everything you need to know about how to help us do the podcast that we do. And what did old Jesus say? But given ye shall receive... We give them, week in, week out, apart from last week, award-winning mm. gold. Are you using my award <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To, get, to, to say that the podcast is award-winning? People who listen to you on this podcast definitely drink, and you have been giving services to drinkers throughout. <laughs> so... I'd like to Come shout on. out uh, some of our most recent patrons. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you like to give some B names? <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, B think, names, my favourite. Everyone loves the B names. So let's go to the B names again. Uh, Joseph Barlow. Bilo. Thorax flaps. <laughs> Joseph Bilo. Alexander okay. Moore. Mm. More honey, please. I'm Alex. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Jordan. Hive. And Caleb Osborne. Sting Buzzman. Hexagonal pot. (laughs) Hey, if you'd like to have your name turned into a fantastic B name, professional B name, patreon.com forward slash regular features. We've got to make a website. What's your B name? (laughs) We'll be back next week with another episode of the Regular Features podcast. Buzz, buzz. Buzz, buzz. (laughs) Bye-bye. Buzz, buzz. Honey, honey, sweet pies. Regular Ficheros.